Welcome to P.A. Scatfest, a chapter-by-chapter page-to-screen analysis of the Harry Potter series. I'm Sarah Day. I'm James. And I'm Meigs. Today, we're analyzing Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone, Chapter 6, The Journey from Platform 9 and 3 quarters. And this is minutes 3134 to 3913 of the film. What? More Dursleys? The iconic Hogwarts train, a red-headed family, and sweets galore await. A few actors are introduced in this segment, and that would be Rupert Grint as Ronald, Emma Watson as Hermione, and Julie Walters, Bonnie Wright, Chris Rankin, Oliver, and James Phelps as the rest of the Weasleys. Remember, Icklefirsties, we will be using our vast knowledge of the wizarding world to compare the page to the screen, and we may gab about moments that happen later in the books or films. Now, without further ado, let's cause some mischief. Welcome back, listeners. James, do you have any feedback for us? Yes. So, listeners, for your information, uh, every time we post an episode on Wednesday, we also post a Reddit to a subreddit called Harry Potter on HBO, uh, where we kind of continue the conversation uh, about the episode. So this latest episode that we had uh, come out last week, we had a few people on Reddit go on and come make comments about uh, the HBO show and specifically the music. Uh, there was quite a few uh, people who commented and said that they would definitely feel like the the show being done on HBO would create a great music and great effects. Um, one person said that they would hope to have a high budget film. I mean not film a tv show like game of thrones so obviously you know if they're willing to put in that much money and they're willing to put in that much effort a lot of people are convinced that this will be a pretty great tv show altogether so yeah i don't think it's any surprise that the three of us are super excited (laughs) (laughs) uh and with that meeks do you have a review for us i do Zuhara Lee on Facebook said, I've always enjoyed the Harry Potter movies, anxiously awaiting to anxiously waiting to see the movies as they released in the theaters, but I was always bad at reading as a kid, so trying to immerse myself in the books was always a difficult task. I'm giving ebooks a try for the first time just so I could listen to this podcast, and I'm really glad I did. I've always had I've always heard about things that were missing and left out from the films, and this first chapter alone was such a huge eye-opener of what people have been telling me for years. I'm reading chapters faster than the podcast is coming out, and I'm super excited to keep up every week and commence my movie rewatches after every book. Keep up the good work, y'all. So nice. Cool. That's what we like and to hear. He actually, he actually updated us today and said that he's actually finished the book. Ooh, that's so exciting. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. That's a big deal for, for um there are people who don't read a lot and so that's a big deal for somebody who doesn't mm-hmm. read to to finish a book quickly like that. So congratulations. Yes, congrats, Suhair, and welcome to the club. <laughs> yes. So getting into the chapter. Harry goes back home with the Dursleys and then is counting down the days until September 1st, which 
we don't see in the film. He goes from Hagrid's conversation right to the train station. Right. They literally put an entire, like, they just skipped an entire month. Mm-hmm. Basically, Harry's birthday was July 31st and September 1st at the same time. Well, and I wouldn't necessarily, <laughs> like, you know, it's okay that they condense it just because nothing really even happens in the book. I mean, there's there's stuff that they could put in, but it's not like they needed to do a whole lot with it. But it it definitely implies to the viewers who haven't read the books that Harry goes immediately from that conversation, does not go back to the Dursleys, and just goes straight to King's Cross. And so it it definitely gives a different implication than what happens. Right. Migs, you don't want like a calendar page flip <laughs> montage. I'm not saying I don't. I'm just trying to be <laughs> flexible here and trying to understand what the movie was doing. <laughs> so I read the illustrated version and I have the ebook and the paperback books from when they first came out. Yeah. Um, so in the illustrated version, uh, the big the big books that we get from Costco. I don't know. If you guys know what I'm talking about, but oh yeah, that I have one, them as well. Okay, so that one instead of the word vacuum for the quote that is, it was lucky that Aunt Petunia didn't come into vacuum anymore because Hedwig kept bringing back dead mice. In the illustrated version, it says Hoover instead of vacuum, and then in oh, my funny. ebook that I'm looking at right now, it says vacuum. So I highlighted both because is Hoover the normal UK word? For vacuum or what? I mean, it's a, it's definitely a brand of vacuum, but right. that'll be interesting to see if that – or where are the illustrated versions even published? Hmm. I don't know. I don't remember. I would imagine that they were published in the UK, but I don't know because yeah, I don't, we don't use too. Hoover here, right? I mean, I don't use Hoover over on the West Coast. Do either of you use Hoover for vacuum? Nope. Like as a – as a verb no <laughs> never okay. nope. all right so uk correspondent was it capitalized or not now i can't remember and i don't want to pause and go get my book but um that's funny yeah i know yeah so anyways uk people you have a task oh i wait i do have it right here okay we can keep talking and i'll do my research and you'll look yeah well something i think that was pretty interesting was that the dursleys didn't even take Dudley to the hospital right away. They kind of just left him with a tail for an entire month. Well, and I know that healthcare is a lot different over there than it is here, but I feel like to schedule a surgery, it would take some time. And that's probably about what time it would, how long it would take to schedule a surgery. That's not life threatening, you know? Uh, I I guess also you have to kind of explain why your son has a pigtail. Well, they said it was, something that got out out of hand like a pimple that got out of hand or something (laughs) yeah they probably did have to go to a specialist for that so maybe because i did think that was weird when i was younger that they waited that long but it probably is because they had to go see a specialist okay i have an answer to the hoover thing it is not capitalized in the illustrated book that is so funny yeah so i'm gonna look at where it was published i feel like that's really interesting published wizarding world publishing rights new york is that hmm. Library of Congress cataloging and publication date? Okay, somebody who's like an actual publisher and knows a lot more about this <laughs> than me, maybe um, let me know. Let us know. Yeah, that's really interesting. And if you are in the States and do use the word Hoover as a verb for yeah. vacuum. Let, let us know. know. <laughs> Absolutely let us know. That's the biggest mystery here. 
Interesting. Well, Vernon and Harry finally arrive at King's Cross, and Harry's so confused before overhearing a redheaded family talking about muggles. Mm-hmm. Actually, all the Dursleys dropped him off, and they dropped him off because he mentioned nine uh platform nine mm-hmm. and three quarters and they were like that does not exist what are you talking about like that's like super silly what and i think at first they were like not even going to be cooperative and just like have harry figure it out on himself until he brought up the absurdity of there being a nine nine and three quarters and so to prove him like wrong and and all that stuff i think they dropped him off out of spite mm-hmm. yeah because the whole month they were ignoring him. Like Dudley was afraid of him. So yeah. he, he he couldn't even stay in the same room. But like Mr. and Mrs. Dursley just ignored him up front the entire month. I don't think they would have taken him to King's Cross if they hadn't found out that it was on a platform that didn't exist. Well, he did grunt in response to Harry, which Harry took to mean yes. Mm-hmm. So we mm-hmm. have- assume from harry's perspective that he would have taken him begrudgingly also i do want to see dudley running and screaming from the room whenever harry walks in i want to see those little moments in the show and then um like the point when they drop him off and harry's looking around for the platform i want to see that like that stress because i mean an 11 year old kid like by themselves I at know. a huge train station. And so they, yes. sh- they showed it a little bit in the movie, but of course they had to tighten it up and make it pretty quick. So I would love to see that, that scene played out for longer in the show. Well, And what's funny is that they, Mr. Dursley takes all of his stuff, puts him right in the middle and says, there's nine, there's 10. Your platform <laughs> doesn't exist. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> they all drive off laughing yeah, because right. they think that they've just, they, they've prevented Left Harry from wolves. going to school. Which I would love right. to even see a scene of them driving away laughing. Like that, even that little detail, I feel like would be, you know. Yeah, I all, think we've all agreed happened. that we want more Dursleys mm-hmm. in whatever capacity we can get them. My question about this whole um, Harry like not being able to figure out what to do. And so there might be an answer that I'm just forgetting, but Harry's like walking around, like doesn't know what to do. And he finally sees the Weasleys. Wouldn't there be a ton of kids like milling around this platform, trying to get in to the platform? Well, I believe it was almost time for the train to go. So a lot of people probably were already on the platform. I know, but Because the Weasleys were probably running a little bit late because they're the Weasleys. I was going to say, though, do you know how many people, especially for groups, like getting kids to go somewhere? Like, everybody's late. every Or everybody is just before you need to get there. It just is so surprising to me that there are zero other wizarding families for the entire, like, entire Hogwarts school. There is nobody else except for the Weasleys. That always seemed so strange to me. <laughs> well, it may be that there um, there might be other entrances to the platform we don't know about. Right? So many secrets. Hopefully we'll find out in the show. So during this scene, um, well, as soon as he enters the, the platform with the Weasleys, um, wonderful Mrs. Weasley explains how to get onto the platform. We do see a few sneak peeks from some characters that will be bigger characters like Neville and his grandmother before boarding the train do you guys have any thoughts on 
the platform itself, getting into the platform before we board the train? Choo-choo. My thoughts, well, what I had highlighted and wrote down was the the interactions, especially with Fred and George and their mom. Yeah. And them saying Ickle Ronnie-kins and like using those sorts of like silly phrases and stuff. And their <laughs> very witty banter that they have is so funny and just like so mm-hmm. fun to read, you know? And so they, you know, they show a little bit of that, like a little bit of the joking in the movie but I would love to see like that I mean that whole conversation that they have where they like find out that he's Harry and then they're going back and talking to Molly and and then Molly with the dirt on Ron's nose and then that becomes a thing later with Hermione which I'm sure we'll talk about like they took that part out of the movie so I'd love to see that even though you know that level of detail added in um to the show yeah and then in the movie later Hermione points it out and it's just so random like why even put dirt on his nose if it's not going to be the callback from yes you know the conversation with his mother maybe it was a deleted scene I don't know James any extended version details no there was not <laughs> any extended scenes on that I mean they did a good job with it when they did add that in it showed Hermione's like bossy sassiness and so like it was it was a good way to at least showcase that but it would have been way better it's so much it hits so much better when you know that Molly already was telling him about it and then there's all of this time passes and you forget about it and then Hermione like brings it back. So it it just hits better as a callback, um, but it still at least showcases her like, you know, her, her bossiness. And we get so like so many more details in, in this little platform scene with just like how many people there are. And I think we get to see Lee Jordan for the first time. Uh, though we don't actually know it's Lee Jordan um, because I don't think she says it outright or Mm. no, somebody did say the name, which is how we know it's Lee Jordan. But like we see Lee Jordan, Neville and like the Weasleys. And like, this is our first introduction to all of these characters that are going to be playing bigger, big parts in Harry's life. And he just doesn't even know it yet. It's kind of like that first day of school type feeling where you start Mm -hmm. school and you're kind of just like, I don't know anybody and all this stuff. And then you don't realize that all these people around you are probably going to be some influential people in your lives. Like I just, I love that feeling. It's fun. And I do think that even though we've already talked as usual about how there's a lot of details that we wish that could have been added into the movie, but you know, hopefully at least they'll add them into the show. But overall, the whole vibe of Harry being scared and like talking with Molly, um, you know, being a little kid going up to her and having her be automatically a motherly figure without her even knowing who she is. It doesn't matter. You know, she's going to help him. And then like the magical, like him seeing them running through the platform and being like, Oh my goodness. Like how could this be? Even though he knows he's going off to a magic school, but it's still, crazy to see that and then getting into the platform and then like of course the music that they have in that scene when he sees the train and he sees the platform and like just kind of looking around in awe at you know that whole just that environment I think they did such a good job in the film of you know making it just a wonderful Mm -hmm. magical new experience and Harry being like oh my goodness this is you know wow like he doesn't even know how to react to it so I think they did such a good job with that mm-hmm. and I think um you know we we talked a lot about Chris Columbus before and 
maybe not necessarily his shortcomings, but all the stuff that was cut. And I will say that he did do a great job of creating that wondrous, yes. you know, feeling throughout the film. Absolutely. Oh, definitely. That's all that I have before they get on the train, I think. James, do you have any last thoughts about the platform? Well, I mean, I, I it kind of fits into getting on the train as well because uh, Harry is sitting and observing the Weasley family, and he's just very intrigued on how they're all interacting with each other. And uh, and he even says to Ron, no, he doesn't say to Ron. He thinks this as he's like asking questions about Ron because Ron's like say, apologizing for asking personal questions to Harry. But like Harry's mm-hmm. like, oh, he's I'm just as intrigued about him as he's intrigued about me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's interesting because he's this is like his first actual look of wizarding families and how they interact with the world and like what's important to them and 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 kind of scenario. So it, it's interesting for us because we will be able to get the opportunity to, to see that through Harry's eyes, I think in this mm-hmm. new TV show to be able to observe how the family reacts and how the we- Weasley twins are always joking around and how Jenny wants to go to Hogwarts and uh, mm-hmm. Percy being his like little prefect self saying, Oh, I can't stay mom. I have to go mm-hmm. and do this little important thing because I'm important uh, kind of Percy ish uh, vibe, <laughs> but uh, also, I think it would be cute. Yeah. Yeah. And we also get um, more information on Bill and Charlie who have a bigger role in the books. That's true. Um, yeah. Than in the films. And he, he just, he's talking about all of his brothers and, you know, that Bill and Charlie were also, um, one was the head boy, one was captain of the Quidditch team. Quidditch team. team. And, and then there's Percy and then there's Fred and George. And even though that they're the class clowns, they also get good grades. And then there's Ron and, so it's just such a good conversation between the two of them. And it was fun in the film too, but mm-hmm. there's just, you know, again, so much lore, especially with Bill and Charlie who are going to come back and play, right. you know, important roles later on. I can't wait for, I'm just going to put it out there for the shows to give a lot more screen time to Bill and Charlie because they're super interesting characters. Okay, um, spinoff time. Well, let's get a spinoff <laughs> of Charlie in Romania with the dragons and Bill in Egypt at Gringotts. I mean, that's yeah. like, that would be so cool to see like a little mini series of that or at least. Or well, something. I don't yeah. even think, I don't even think Charlie ever shows up in the movies. Yeah, no. he is the one that gets the dragon but, in this very book. But he's not in the movie though. But he's not in the oh, movie. He's, oh, he yeah. never had, no. like, ner- nobody played Charlie Weasley. Right. Somebody Correct. played Bill later on in the series. Yeah. And he yes. eventually shows up. But Charlie never got an on-screen appearance. Yeah. I will have to double check. Um, But I do believe when they do go to Egypt, and this is in the third movie, and um, there's the picture of all the Weasleys in Egypt in the newspaper. Yeah, they have the picture. I do believe yeah. all of them are pictured. Mm-hmm. I, I'd have to go back and count, but I do believe they're all there. But yes, he's never like name dropped. Right. Or cast. Okay, so maybe somebody did play him, but he just, he never, I mean, he never it might have been like, screen, you know, that picture. might have been like an assistant or something. They were like, you, yeah. you look like you would have red hair if we did a sepia toned <laughs> picture. So. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, you know, just getting all of that that world building from their conversation right. is great. And uh, speaking of Lee Jordan, 
this is not blatant, but almost a, a sneak peek of Ron's fear of spiders because mm-hmm. Fred and George come in and mention that Lee Jordan has a tarantula, and Ron's just like, meh. And if you now knowing his fear of spiders, when you reread this, you kind of look at this conversation in a new light That's because true. Fred and George are like, ha ha, there's a tarantula. Yeah, it's true. Oh, look at that. That's funny. <laughs> I love those connections. Yeah. We also meet the trolley witch mm-hmm. and all of the wizarding world yummies. Yes. That's a big Which apparently big did not cost a lot because he didn't even use one galleon. He just used a bunch <laughs> of sickles and nuts. <laughs> well, I mean, candies used to be back in the day like five cents and stuff. So I'm sure. Right. This is just... the 90s. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Good point. Good point. And In- what did we say inflation. last Inflation. <laughs> What did we say last what? time when we were in Diagon Alley? We said that his wand cost seven gallons, and that was about fifty-five dollars, right? Yeah, something like that. So I don't know what that <laughs> equals. One gallon is. I don't do the. I need to pull my I keep wizard gallon, calculator. Gallon, gallon. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we need a wizard money converter. Um, but yeah, I'm sure they like the candy bars weren't more than some pocket change. Okay, I'm looking at the picture of the Weasleys in Egypt that they used in the film. And I mean, they're all here. It's just a <laughs> a pretty silly picture that looks heavily edited. So um, yeah, <laughs> I'm sure they just chose like... Mm-hmm. you know somebody i don't know we should probably actually i'm look sure it's not even the same actor for bill well, because yeah probably it's probably not even the same actor yep so bill and charlie were basically like uh you guys right. non-speaking role you'll just show up as the weasley family boom you're ready to go <laughs> it's probably like the director's son or something yeah director's exactly nephew. listeners if you have any deep insight onto how that happened please let us know going back to harry and ron's conversation here i really really loved the chemistry between rupert and harry in this scene oh yeah yeah i think they did um you mean rupert and dan god yeah yeah they did such a good job with that i think i mean we can talk about our little peeves peeves that we have about it but i um I think overall, though, like you totally get the vibe of who the characters are, how they interact with each other. And it's so cute to see them interacting. And I mean, when I first saw it, it was like I was their age. So I was like, oh, my God, like, you know, Harry Potter world. I love this, you know, but now looking like watching it as an adult, watching like little baby Rupert and little baby Dan, I'm just like, oh, they did such a good job with it. So love their dynamic there. Yeah. And then we see Neville and Hermione. And we also see Draco, Crabbe, and Goyle. So we get Mm -hmm. like a ton of introductions in this chapter. Basically, this chapter was like, here's this person, 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 this person. And you're just like, oh my gosh. (laughs) And maybe that's why they take out the whole Draco conversation and save that for later because there are so many introductions happening and they wanted to focus on Hermione in this one and and, and Neville as well they took out so 
Mm-hmm. Um, maybe they wanted to focus on Ron yeah. and Hermione because those are the golden trio. Yeah. Totally and Neville, Neville shows up with Crabbe and Goyle and Draco mm-hmm. on the stair scene in the movie. So yeah. he eventually does show his face. It's just not at, just, just not at the same time as as it would have been with Hermione. For yeah. the condensed version that they made into the movie, I mean, I think it's fine. You know, it's still, mm-hmm. that scene served its purpose and they did a good job with what they did. But I mean, this could obviously be an entire episode just seeing how all of these uh, relationships are, especially because like you, I don't know. They do a good job, I guess, of like Ron and Hermione, especially starting to butt heads. But I would love to see that even more. I think they did a good job with it, but I would love to see, you know, a conversation more of it. twice as long, you know, it, because it is long in the book. Um, well, and- she comes back twice. She comes yeah. back once and then she leaves and then she comes back again after Draco was there and says what the heck are you guys doing you guys are gonna like get in trouble or something and what i love too and i highlighted this because this is totally me this is when because this is when we first meet hermione and when i was reading this and i was eight years old turning nine i was like oh jk rowling is writing me because just her like (laughs) going and talking to the train conductor to see how much time is left like i absolutely would have done that and like and then taking neville around like he can't find something and i'm like well i'm gonna like problem solve this with this random kid that i just met and like kind of boss him around like i totally would have done that and so I, I hope that they show more of that, like even that scene of her like going and talking to the train conductor, like that's that's so funny that that's part of her character. And um, and so we you, we do get a good sense of Hermione and who she is in the in the movies like they all three of the characters, I feel like the main ones, you know, they do a good job of showing that. But obviously it can be expanded upon. So I hope that we get more of those details coming through when they do the show and make this an entire episode. And I completely agree that this is going to be an entire episode because, like, I can totally see this ending with everybody on the boats arriving towards Hogwarts yeah. and we get that little pan up from the lake yeah. and just see the view of Hogwarts and then it's just yeah. like, boom, end of the episode uh, kind of scenario. Absolutely. But- That's something, like, I, I, I talked to you guys already that I'm not tied to the actors. Mm-hmm. Um, as much as a lot of people in the fandom are and, and are going to have a hard time reimagining with new actors, but it's the sets that oh, I'm yeah. tied to. Like in this movie, I might be getting a little bit of head, but when we see <laughs> the boats in the castle, that is such yeah. an iconic shot of it the is. castle and a beautiful shot of the castle. Yeah. And that's what's going to be hard for me to right. reimagine because I thought that is exactly what I imagined Hogwarts. Totally. To be and like. the music with it is absolutely amazing. Yes. And one thing that I that I do want them to focus a little bit more on in the show as they, you know, use this the dialogue between the characters and they expand on the relationships and stuff. Like it's 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 actually really telling that, you know, Neville as being clearly the one who's like you know, he's always been an oddball and he's been kind of bullied by his family a little bit and nobody really believes in him. And so for the three of them to not fully take him under their wing, but make it, it's already shown in this chapter, I think, that they'll accept him, like they'll talk with him. They'll, you know, they they don't have anything against him kind of thing. And I think that that's important. And we don't we don't fully get a sense of that until I think much later in the movie. And so I would like to see that early on, like when we first get introduced to these characters, like they might all have their quirks. They might not all 
love each other a ton. I mean, Harry and Ron, obviously they connect really well, but the rest of the characters, you know, like they still have to, they still need some time to like massage their relationship and get closer, but you do get the sense of them all. They're all oddballs and they all know what it's like to be on the outside or to be a little bit bullied or a lot bullied. And um, they, they kind of band together because of that. So I hope we get to see more of that detail when they uh, get to show it for a lot longer. I can't wait till we get to a part in the book where there's another extended scene that involves all of those characters. Yeah. Uh, I can't wait to tell you guys about it, but I'm going to save it for <laughs> now and just keep you on edge uh, because uh, it's a cute little scene with all of those actors uh, playing together, just as you said, uh, in, in the movie. And it was an extended scene, definitely. I don't even think it was in the book. They're so cute. I love them. When, whenever we talk about um, Harry and Ron and their connection and how their um, their dialogue goes, I have I have thoughts. Well, again, I think that they they did a good job of showing their connection in the movie, but I, what I want to see more of is Harry being really. Um, interested and intrigued and mesmerized by Ron being a wizard and by Ron having a family. So you get like a little bit of that for, from my perspective, you get like little bits of that from Harry, like they show it a little bit, but, but the books, especially with the internal dialogue that you get when you're reading a book. So however they can translate that into the show, if they can, um, like Harry really, really like admires what Ron has and he really wants that. And I think that the movie focuses a lot more on Ron being jealous of Harry being famous, even though obviously that's, that is a huge part of their relationship that lasts all the way through book seven. But there's still so much of that we don't see in the films of Harry or we don't see enough of in the films. I don't think of Harry like just really, really desperately wanting what Ron has and just being jealous of Ron and how much Ron got to like grow up around a family who loves him and um, grow up around magic. And he didn't get any of that. And so it's really cute. How, well, and sad how they're both so jealous oh. of each other. And so I, I hope right. the emphasis is a little bit more balanced between their feelings towards each other in the show. 100%. I think you're absolutely right that the films really focus more on the Ronald je jealousy than mm -hmm. they do the Harry yearning more so yeah than jealousy yearning's a good word for that yeah i think you're gonna like my weasley salute this time <laughs> <laughs> well do we have any other thoughts before we get into our peace peas and pleasure and salutes well i mean it was a short chapter and i mean it was still 20 pages but like detail wise it was more focused on just introducing characters mm -hmm. and who they are and and all that stuff and that's you know that's all cool and dandy but this is just the introductions like we're gonna have a lot to talk to them about as they interact with harry going forward and we haven't even met the entire cast yet yeah like, chapter seven is gonna be full of uh full of the professors and other students and all this other stuff and so we're not even done with like the introductions but these are going to be some key players 
we definitely have key players on the field right now that are going to have more of an impact on Harry's life than some of the other people are going forward. But yeah, and I feel like the reason why our conversation kind of zoomed by tonight is that mm-hmm. so much of those introductions were cut in the film, <laughs> so there's not really enough to there's not really a lot to to compare right now. Right. Um, I will say that callback for our first episode that we did when I talked about how when I read these books there was one word that I didn't know and my librarian Mrs. Pledger had told me that there I had to I had to know every single word in the book if I was gonna keep being able to keep reading at the Harry Potter Mm -hmm. level at the school and it's in this chapter it's when Dumbledore sidled back into frame um on his chocolate card card and I didn't know what the word sidled meant and I like cried I cried because I was so (laughs) scared that I wasn't going to be able to finish the series and um right and And it's just beginning (laughs) I was really scared I literally like handed her back the book and I was shaking and I was like I didn't know this word but I looked it up right after and so I found out what it is and she was like I forgot that I even told you that so anyways every time I read (laughs) every time I read this chapter I obviously that's like all that I can think about it was such a such a traumatic experience very traumatic experience for my little eight-year-old head Glad, glad we can laugh about it now. I know. Oh, and I do like how in this book we and this happens, you know, periodically, of course, because Voldemort is such a big character. You know, he's like one of the main characters. But I do like how already, um, like Harry has to. He's used to being able to say Voldemort because he doesn't have an mm-hmm. association with it being a bad name. And mm. already in this chapter, he tries to say Voldemort, and Ron like flips out. And so I like that that's already brought back. Yeah, I wrote um, in the script that he's continuously reminded in this chapter that he's famous in the wizarding world. Yes. He keeps forgetting and he keeps being reminded. Yes. You know, from the beginning when he's like, that was Harry Potter. And Ginny's like, oh, can I go see him? And then, hey, you're not supposed to say Voldemort. And then Hermione's like, oh, I've read about you in books. Mm -hmm. I know. So cute. I love her whole, like, that whole scene in the books and in the movies. I think they did a really good job adapting it to the film. Um, And another thing that I really like is how Ron, like, you can tell when they're interacting in the book that Ron is so good at explaining all of these wizard or, uh, you know, wizarding world things to Harry in a digestible way that Harry can understand because they're mm. peers. And mm. oh, so that yeah. makes sense. But it's just really cute to see, like, Ron talking so casually about all this wizard stuff and Harry's just, like, soaking it all in. And you can, you can like, feel it from him in the book that he's, like, r- like just loving how Ron is explaining things to him. And so I, I do really, I do like that. And then another thing that I love every time I reread these books I love reading this part and I really Mm -hmm. really hope that we get more of in the show is when Ron starts explaining Quidditch and he is like yes goes off and he's so excited about it and he tells him all about the rules and like again you can feel it in the book like what Ron looked dumbfounded oh you wait it's the best game in the world like and then he just like rattles off all this stuff and Harry's just like so excited to listen to it because he's like never heard of anything like this before and probably has never had a peer 
who is excited to tell him something because he's all everything's always been overshadowed by Dudley and everybody was too afraid to talk to Harry. So he's probably never had a conversation where somebody just wanted to talk to him like this. And so it's like so layered the feelings that Harry must be having and he's adjusting very well to it. I mean, he's very well adjusted. I've always thought he's so mature for his age. Especially for being so abused. Yeah. Yeah. He had to grow up so fast. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Tears. (laughs) Trying to think if I have anything else. I left my notebook at work, everybody. I was like looking at it and I was like, I don't need this notebook when I go home. I can just go home without this notebook. And then the second I got home and opened up all my stuff to start recording, I was like, oh, that's why I should have brought my notebook home. Oh, well. Um, Yeah, I think that's it for me. Like, I just I love, love, love this chapter think they did a good job with it even though they took stuff out but overall i think they did a good job like showing the wizarding world's like mystery and magic and wonder um the music again always going to be bringing it back to the music i thought they did such a good job with it and so i can't wait to see this hopefully be an entire episode in the show because they have so Mm -hmm. much more that they can do with it well there's three whole scenes yeah 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 (laughs) at least (laughs) well and a lot of just dialogue in those scenes too like in what they did they still cut out a lot of dialogue yeah yeah and i do love you last sorry (laughs) i was gonna say my (laughs) the last thing that i that i remember just loving is the end of the chapter being Harry or Hagrid knocking on the door. And that was how mm-hmm. that, the, you know, another chapter had ended too. So I, I do love how there's like two chapters that we get at the beginning of the book where it ends with Hagrid knocking. I think that's cool. And I think, I know we, you, I know James, you mentioned that the end should be the boats in the pan up to the castle, but even if that's just, right before Hagrid knocking on the door. Cause I do love that they see Hagrid and that's a familiar face. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then he can knock on the door and it, it can either fade to black then, or it can open and fade to black. Yeah. But um, as long as I get an iconic boat scene, <laughs> I'll be happy. Yeah. <laughs> Gotta get that iconic boat scene. Of course. Okay. So let's move on to our peeves pleasure. James. Peeves pleasure this time around would have to be uh rupert grint and emma watson oh i love that uh because i see you know uh, we see them for the first time in the movie Mm -hmm. and they did a really good job in bringing to life the the characters i have no idea what they're planning on doing with the characters going forward i don't know if they're going to kind of try and mimic uh mimic the characteristics of what they they brought to the table if they're going to bring uh, a completely new set of style and yeah. uh, a new set of tone with the characters in this tv show uh with just new characteristics being focused on you know hermione never had buck teeth in the movies i know i know <laughs> but will they will they focus on her having buck teeth <laughs> in right. the tv show so Fun fact sorry i just want to cut in Fun fact about Hermione's <laughs> buck teeth. The first scene they filmed was actually the last film scene of the movie. And she does have the buck teeth in. And it's in the film. And so in the last scene of the film, 
she has the buck teeth, but it just didn't work. So they took the buck teeth out. And so it's not in the rest of the film, but she does have it. Yeah. Interesting. I'll have to go back and see that. Listeners, but, I wish you could see Sarah Day's glee on her face as she shared that that really fun fact with us. That was really cute. I have the page to screen book. And so I tried to read it before the podcast and there's just so much information, <laughs> but that was in like the first chapter. So I did read that. I'm like, oh, I, I do love it. I do have a fun fact from that book. That is really interesting. <laughs> That's so awesome. So sorry, James, please no, continue. No, it's, it's completely fine. But basically it, what it, what it is, is just, I, I really liked what they brought to the table. I really liked what they focused on with the characters, but what they actually got to, to be able to portray what they chose to portray mm-hmm. while they were at that age you know, I can't imagine acting when that you're that young, but oh, yeah. like, yeah, you you get to work with a director and be like, how do you want to portray this character? And and I think they did really good with what they what they brought to the table. But definitely, there's so there's so many more, there's so much more things that that could be brought. I'm kind of interested to see what they're they're going to choose to focus on going forward. Yeah, mm-hmm. I know they're so cute. I love looking at behind the scenes pictures of the adult you know directors Mm -hmm. and producers and stuff like interacting with the kids it's so cute i love it yeah they're so talented they did a great job meeks do you have a peeves pleasure um i think my peeves pleasure is just that we get such a good sense of the wonderment um as i've said before and just just overall the feeling of these scenes um especially compared with the books like they did such a good job you you really like you can really tell how just wonderful and magical it is and music of course is on point like you said the boat scene Mm -hmm. like seeing hogwarts for the first time seeing the um the hogwarts express like all of that they did such a good Mm. job such a good job with designing the set and just creating the whole you know vibe of this scene they did they did a great job adapting that yeah definitely my peeves pleasure is baby ron and harry And all of the sweets, <laughs> just like this pile of so sweets. So cute. What a blast they must have had oh, filming that. I remember reading that and I was like, oh my goodness, yes. Like how cool that they just have a trolley that goes around to all of the rooms that they're sitting in. Like, and they just, no parents are around or anything. They get to just like <laughs> eat all their treats and yes. snacks. So, yeah, I remember. Well, and the book amazing. said that Harry was so excited to spend money for yes. the first time. He was like, oh, I can buy whatever I want. Let's go. So yes, cute. on Mars bars. I know. And then there aren't any Mars bars, but there's cauldron cakes and mm. every flavored beans. And I just love how like time and time again, Ron is so just like, you know, he's like, oh, of course, I forget that you don't, you wouldn't know what that is. And then he's like, okay, this is what a chocolate frog is. And just like explains to him everything. And they're not real frogs, yeah, are they? It's so cute. It's just so cute how Harry just like, you know, he never knows like, what something is that other wizard students take for granted and Ron is just right there to tell him everything and it's like it's so magical and so precious and cute and adorable I love it (laughs) well James uh tell us your peeves peeve my peeves peeves is that the Weasley family didn't get to have that conversation on the platform Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because I think it would have done a really good job of showing us who the Weasley twins are, who Percy mm-hmm. is, uh, getting a glimpse at Ginny. Mm-hmm. But most of all, the thing that peeved me the most was not being able to see that Molly was like distraught that Harry was all by himself. And he's just like, yeah. oh, the poor yeah. dear. Yeah, I, he was pro- that. That's why this makes so much sense now. 
uh, no wonder nobody was with him kind yeah. of scenario. And it makes her kind of, you, know, you get that that ability to see her motherliness, mm -hmm. which pays off later in the book because Harry gets Christmas presents from her. And no, so he, he she's the best. Mm -hmm. he, she's probably finding out all about Harry through the letters that she's getting from her kids because mm -hmm. they're all like, this is Harry Potter. He's in our house and he's so cool and blah, 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 <laughs> yeah. blah. Like he's not she's not only getting letters from Ron, she's getting letters from Fred, George, and Percy, most mm -hmm. likely, because Percy's probably bragging that Harry Potter's in Gryffindor. Yeah. <laughs> oh, but, absolutely. But like she's hearing all about this kid and she just feels so sorry for him and because she knows his story, because he's famous, and she knows that there's probably nobody out there for him. So she just wants to bring him in automatically from the very first thing. And that should have been in the movie and it wasn't in the movie well, and even then, though bits of it later will be in the movie and also like piggybacking on that is the twins especially wanted to like they told molly that they wanted to like go ask him like questions and if he remembers anything and molly was like no absolutely not you cannot do that and so she's already protecting him and like you know above all still a mom that's going to uh you know keep her kids under control and or tell them the right thing to do and stuff and so like we miss that too and you know we can tell that she's motherly but there's just a lot of details that would have been nice to be left in well my peeves peeve is i mean the same like the weasleys i think is the biggest thing that they left out of the film um but so that I don't say the same thing. <laughs> uh, I think just a lot of the dialogue on the train, like getting to see Draco, Crabbe, and Goyle, and then, um, you know, more interaction with Neville and Hermione, and just more conversation between Harry and Ron. So, you know, they did okay at it, but I mean, I would have, I would love to see that whole interaction, you know, basically word for word that Harry and Ron had, because I think that they did leave out some important feelings that, each of them have and they can add that in now now that they have more time i think that they should add that in yeah definitely uh the thing that really irked me when i was watching the scene is when um hermione does reparo on mm -hmm. harry's glasses and they uh shoot over to rupert's reaction and he almost looks surprised and it's like you're telling me that Molly Weasley <laughs> never performed the spell Reparo at home. Right. With, especially with Fred and George at home as well. I agree. Uh, so I just thought that was an interesting choice. Agreed. It was <laughs> way too strong of a reaction for yes. that spell. For somebody who sees magic all the time. Actually, yeah, and not just magic, but like there's no way Molly Weasley has not performed Reparo right. at home every single day. Actually, I changed my peeve because what bothers me <laughs> <laughs> what bothers me about the book is Ron's spell to turn Scabbers yellow. He knows that that's not a spell. Like just like you said, he grew up in the wizarding world. He is pure blood. Everybody around him is doing magic. When has he ever heard a poem be used? <laughs> For a spell. Yeah. And so yeah. I. Fred and George are pretty convincing. Yeah. I don't know. It just like. 
It seems so strange to me, but I mean, it's they—they they are future salesmen after all. It's true, yeah. I do love they that. can sell anything, oh my God, and they probably show. would love to sell it off to their brother. Well, and I think that gives credence to Hermione's comment when she's like, "Are you sure it's a real spell?" Yeah, because she's probably like, "None of the spells that I've read are a poem." Right, right. And so it kind of—I think—I kind of feel like it also gives credence to Ron's character because he's. Not as like funny and mischievous as Fred and George, but um, I don't want to say he's a bad student, but he's and like yes, you're right that he's been around just, and he should know better. But he doesn't the, quite um, pay attention to all of the important yeah. details for certain things, and so you're mm-hmm. right, he could just be kind of like, well, I don't really want to think very hard about <laughs> right. This. But you're absolutely right; it stood out to me as well. <laughs> <laughs> the end. goodbye listeners (laughs) let's get into our weasley salute james i know you were excited yes so i'm always excited for the weasley salute yeah you're always so passionate i love it i think i always choose the best ones not bragging or anything like that but you know whatever (laughs) uh weasley salute this chapter would have to be harry and ron in the book uh reason why is because I believe they are perfect characters that mirror each other. Mm-hmm. Yes. For a lot of the same reasons that Meigs was talking about this whole episode. So like, obviously I won't go into deep detail because Meigs did a really good job in explaining some of those things. But to kind of connect them all together, Harry and Ron become so good friends because their personalities are the missing pieces to what they are what they are missing Uh so harry's ability to you know harry's ability to have fun uh is coming all through ron and ron's family Mm -hmm. and how he wants Mm -hmm. that and harry's knowledge of uh the wizarding world comes from ron but ron ron misses like misses the fact of not being able to like he ron lacks confidence in a lot of things because his brothers overshadow him Uh so much so he doesn't have any confidence himself harry has a lot of confidence that kind that kind of helps them in the story moving forward uh sure his biggest his biggest flaw as a character is going to be his self-doubt can he can he accomplish those things but when it comes to acting harry doesn't think at all Uh which is why Uh they get into trouble quite often probably (laughs) uh is that they're just not thinking but harry just is so confident he just goes and does it what which is what ron is lacking ron isn't lacking self-doubt he's lacking just the confidence to actually act on what he yeah. what his goals are and he's just like oh my brothers have done everything if i go and do them i'm not gonna be able to like get the same love and adoration that my parents are are doing because they someone else in the family has already done it uh and so he's mm-hmm. he has that that's oh, pushing him behind but you know as harry has the ability to do that and Ron has the ability to do things that Harry doesn't uh, has hasn't been able to do. They're like the perfect mesh that makes them be able to do things together and and do these great things together because they they're 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 perfect mirrors of characters for each other. So mm-hmm. they literally represent what the other doesn't have, and that's why I think they became really good friends 
right off the bat from the very beginning because Harry admires Ron for the things that he has and Ron admires Harry for the things that he has. Mm -hmm. And that makes for a perfect friendship, which is why they are the bestest of friends for time and all of eternity in, 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 in all things. And so being able to know that now and seeing that as a good pair, it makes the great successes of their lives something you can cheer for and it makes the things that tears them apart something that you're screaming to high heaven because you're just like why are you doing this you two love each other stop it (laughs) kind of scenario so uh it's gonna be a great little thing to see as we go through these books again and and kind of see how that grows over time yeah and i'm excited to see your thoughts when they finally become friends with Hermione and how all the three of them balance each other out. Oh yeah. yeah. You're definitely going to get thoughts about that going forward. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Um, my Weasley salute, I suppose is for the twins. Um, because even though they had a small part, you know, they weren't the main focus. I love their banter. I love saying that they were going to send a toilet seat to Ginny from Hogwarts. Like <laughs> those little moments, I think just mm-hmm. really like set the tone of making Harry feel comfortable because he was listening, right? Like he was kind of hiding around the corner and listening to the conversation and stuff and, and watching them, observing how they all interacted. Mm-hmm. And so I love that while this is like such a huge deal for Harry to experience all of this, there's like these funny little things that he's seeing um, with how this family interacts with each other. So, um, and it just really sets the tone of course, for what the Weasley family is like in general, and then definitely how the Weasley twins are, what their personalities are like. And um, yeah, definitely, you know, being little uh, human peevesies <laughs> themselves. So <laughs> yeah. Great description. of <laughs> So we, I don't even think mentioned this character, mm-hmm. <laughs> but my Weasley salute is actually Scabbers Ooh. for biting Goyle yes. when the three of them uh, tried to come in and steal I love that. chocolate and um, candy and everything. And the reason why it stood out to me so much because, as we know, huge spoiler alert for <laughs> non- book readers and movie watchers, but it, it, we come to find out that Scabbers is actually Peter Pettigrew, who is not a great person and very cowardly and um, was the, you know, coward of the group for the most part of the, the marauders. And for him to have this hero moment really stood out to me because yeah. he is not the hero. Um, you know, he's, he's an, he's an antagonist it, it it turns out and like i said he's he's not brave and so for him to do some sort of heroic act and like bite this guy's finger and maybe he was just being def- defensive of his food mm-hmm. um or maybe jk Rowling didn't know it was going to be peter Pettigrew at this point yeah. but it just stood out to me that he was the hero in this moment yeah and we don't hmm. get we don't get another heroic act until book seven from him right interesting so, it's a good one i like Which it is that mirror or no the ring theory again mm-hmm. i love it okay 
All right. Any final thoughts, you guys? Nope. Um, I don't think so. Well, thank you so much for causing havoc with us today. Next time, we will be discussing Chapter 7, which is... The Sorting Hat. Peeves! Um, well. Next time, we will be <laughs> discussing... It is Peeves. <laughs> chapter 7, The Sorting Hat, and that's minutes 39-14 to 50-22 of the film. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen and leave a five-star review if you're as mischievous as we are. Do you guys want to say goodbyes? You can find me mainly on Instagram at Megan, M-E-G-A-N underscore Lachowski, L-A-C-H-O-W-S-K-I. That's mainly where I'm at. Or on Discord. Contact me for all of my Discord servers that I'm in. I'm James M. Beltran on Instagram. Currently, uh, there is going to be a TikTok later in a couple of days. Physically, where I'm at, probably by the time you listen to this, it's going to exist already. But uh, I don't have the name to tell you, so you're just going to have to wait. <laughs> Mystery. <laughs> and you can find me, Sarah Day, at Captain.McD, also on Instagram. Um, and there's a few other accounts that that can direct you to. Mm-hmm. So again, uh, don't forget to subscribe and leave a five-star review. If you have any feedback for us, we love feedback. Please leave us a voicemail at 409-422-3378. That's 409-GABFEST or email us at peevesgabfest at gmail.com. Also, join the discussion in our Facebook group. We're having a lot of fun over there. And that's facebook.com slash groups slash peevesgabfest. And you can also follow us on Instagram at Peeves Gap Fest. Until next time, Igle Firsties. <laughs> <laughs>